Welcome to The Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Hamish Baston, and we are The Thought Hackers. Our guest today is Dr. John DeWitt. After 12 years of professional football, he has seen and experienced the devastating effects of traumatic brain injury and concussions. His grandfather died from advanced dementia at 72, and his father is starting to show early signs of it too. Ever since the movie Concussion came out, he has made it his mission to not end up like his grandfather. Once he retired from football, he got his doctor of chiropractic degree as well as certifications in advanced sports nutrition and concussion assessment. He has written a book, created a web class, and plans on coming out with a line of supplements. He is here to share what he has learned and continues to learn on this journey. I'd like to welcome you to the show, John. Thank you, Nathan and Hamish. I appreciate being here. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of the Thought Hackers. Well, we're very happy to have you here. So, you know, what what was it this the pivotal moment that you decided that you needed to make a change and to go into what you're doing right now? I um, honestly, when I was playing football, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that forever, and the um, different uh, teams all had their own separate chiropractors that that would work with the teams, and so I started talking to them. My my sister actually was a pharmacist. And I asked her what she thought about that profession, and she said, no, I definitely would not go that route if you can keep from it. And so then I talked to these team chiropractors, and they said, well, you're a big guy. You like science and biology. I think you should be a chiropractor. So I decided to take that path and learned. I studied golf injuries. I studied nutrition and all these different types of things. And never really – I just kind of was floating around trying to learn all the different holistic approaches to health. But then uh, when my dad got diagnosed with the early-onset dementia – that really scared me along with the movie concussion coming out. So I was kind of like, okay, well, my dad, he was a smaller guy or is a smaller guy, but when he was in high school, he's really small, but played football and stopped playing when he was a sophomore or junior, I believe in high school. And, um, he's already got early onset dementia. And as you mentioned, his dad died from um, advanced Alzheimer's. So playing those 12 years of pro football, that scared me to death. And so I want to be very proactive. I'm not one to kind of sit back and say, oh, well, let's just see what happens. So very proactive and started uh, studying everything I could about concussions, brain injuries, uh, different nutritional aspects, even little like uh, little brain teasers to kind of try to help keep the brain sharp and, and things like that. Anything I can do to try to, to help um, prevent, help my dad and also to help prevent myself and others that, that have suffered brain injuries and can actually get through it and, and find a way to at least get a better way of life. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when when you're talking about what what scared you there, like what what was that that key moment, that worst moment, if you will, that right. uh, that you that 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 triggered that fear for you? Uh, that honestly was my mom calling and say and telling me that I need to come visit him before he forgets who I am. And thinking, thinking that she was being overly cautious, I talked to my sister, and she said, oh, yeah, you definitely need to go visit him sooner than later. And so that's when it really struck home. I'm actually leaving on Friday to go visit him, and uh, 
I really don't know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna find. So it's it's uh, it's pretty scary. Ah, uh, so this is recent then, is what you're talking about. I, I thought it was something that happened a while ago. No, this is happening as we speak. Wow. So uh, I'm assuming your father lives in a different city from you. He lives in Arkansas. Yes. And you are based uh, in where? Southern, Cal Southern California. You've got a journey in front of you. A little bit, yeah. So what are you doing to prepare yourself, or is there anything that you are able to do to prepare yourself? I am actually going to research a few different uh, dementia tests that I can do on him, because even though the doctors, I mean, I, I love them. I mean, doctors, God bless them, they're doing the best they can. But the doctors in Arkansas, I don't feel are... I don't, it sounds terrible, but I don't know if that they're as qualified, eh, not really qualified, but I just feel like back there, everybody's, everybody's buddies and like his head, his neurologist, they've known forever and each other forever and gone fishing together and stuff. So they, he kind of doesn't want to give him bad news, I think. And so I just want to, yeah. I want to be a little more, okay, here, give me, let me repeat some words to you, see if you can remember them and do some other things or some other different uh, memory tests that you can do. And I want to do some of those to, just to kind of determine for myself how, how bad off he is. He really is. And the, and the scary thing for him too, I'm sure is that he's the age now that his dad was when his dad passed away. So I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's thinking he's on borrowed time now. So it's just kind of, kind of a scary situation. And unfortunately my mom's not the most, uh, uh, she never signed up to be a, a caregiver for him and she hasn't been able to travel and stuff and she's not liking that very much. So I think she wants to make sure somebody's there to help take care of him. So, cause they live in a three story house that's got stairs all over the place. I mean, it's just not, it's just not a good, not a good situation. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like a Hamish. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, when, 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 um, when we sort of create these beliefs that, yeah, you know, we, being told by the medical profession and like you said god bless them it's uh, you know they do they do the best they can but when they sort of put out there um you know you're on borrowed time it's you know there's not a lot of we can do well then we create these beliefs around that and we just keep heading down that path but you know as you're found and um you know so many people are this holistic approach and nutrition is a very different way of looking at things and can change things very drastically um and having having people, especially you know, like your father and that generation, who really rely on and um, listen to the medical profession, when you come in with this sort of stuff, it can be hard. It's, oh yeah, it's it's, uh, it's scary. It's the thing that I hate about the medical profession. Well, I don't necessarily hate it, but it's just frustrating for me. Is I feel like they take more of a scare people into treatment instead of saying, okay, here are your options. Instead of saying. Oh, you're on borrowed time. Oh, you've only got this many months to live or whatever. But I hate it when people do that because then people really hold on to that and say, oh, my gosh. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They start thinking, oh, that's the only time, amount of time I have left. Yeah. And and I, and I don't and, – and I know with the NLP, that's a huge, huge part of that too. you got to be Absolutely. careful what your thoughts are. Yeah, and so yeah. I, uh, I'm excited to get there and kind of see for myself and then see what I can help him with because I know he's he's – he just retired like six months ago and I know he's bored out of his mind as well. And instead of going out and being active, he said his back's hurting him. So he's gone to some different, um, doctors out there and he's had two or three different people tell him he needs back surgery. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? Cause I know if that happens, it's not going to get much better after that. So it's, it's just, it's, it's possible. There's, there's something else I want to share with you. Like while we were talking and I meant to look it up before we got 
into the show with you. Um, there's something I encountered a while ago, and this is a guy that I really want to interview for our show because he's going to have some really valuable information to contribute. His um, name is Daniel Amen. He's a, a doctor, I believe, in, mm-hmm. uh, and to do with the brain. And I'm just looking at a, uh, a thing on, on Google here, and it's a TED Talk that he gave which is titled The Most Important Lesson from 83,000 Brain Scans, Daniel Amen, A-M-E-N. And I watched that particular TED Talk, and it was really amazing because when they scanned all these people's brains, especially people with different conditions and problematic things, this is a guy who could really help you a lot, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. If you were able to tap into him, I think he would be a fabulous resource for you and, and your dad and the family and everybody else. Because yeah, he's just down in San Diego, so that's not too far for me. Oh, you know of him? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, well, he's, he's a he's a well known well known guy in the in the brain business, and and it's oh, cool. interesting, interesting too because I was just at a um, uh, Mike Ditka has a, a foundation that he started called the Gridiron Greats for NFL players that are suffering with a lot of physical, mental, and emotional issues since playing football. And uh, he started this, uh, the Gridiron Greats uh, Foundation, and their big event was in Vegas last year, and there was a doctor that came in that you could do one-on-one conversations with, and he was actually based in Texas. And so I went in and, and chatted with him for a while and told him about my dad, and and uh, he said that what he does with a lot of the NFL guys is he, he prescribes them to get a full-body scan, um, chest x-rays, make sure their um, blood sugar is okay, blood pressure is okay, and things like that to kind of get, a, get a, an idea of what's going on. And then, on, and then after you do all that, and he said, oh, it's only like $900 to $2,000. I was like, okay, that's not, that's not a small amount for people on fixed income, but okay. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he suggested that he has a supplement that he's been studying forever and he came out with it and it's, and it, it's kind of like a prescription, but not really, but it's $300 a month. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's not going to work. That's way too much. And, uh, so that's, that's another kind of thing that helped push me into trying to find something that has similar effects, but is much, much, much less than, than the 300 a month. So. Yeah. yeah well, chances are he's, he's charging that because, well, he has to make a living. So, well, true. um, that's that's probably where those prices are coming from, mind you. I don't I don't know. I'm speculating. It's just uh, when you started talking about your dad, and when I was thinking about it before the show and Daniel Amen and so on. Have Have you spoken with Daniel Amen about it? I I have not, but I would be very excited to do. I will reach out to him. Let me make a note right now. I will. There is, Daniel Daniel Amen has a website. I forget what it's called, but I know you could find it fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Because uh, just just talking with you, um, you know, I I don't have a background of professional sports, but I do have a background of some major injuries at different points. Right. Um, not so much to do with the head, but uh, still, when I was thinking about you, think, okay, what what can we give you here? How can we help you? And this is part of what the Thought Hackers is all about: is making connections for people, helping people get access to the resources they need. Like Hamish is um, a, um, God, what is the word for it? Um, <laughs> master, master, master practitioner, yeah, in, yeah, master practitioner in NLP. Right. And so, 
and so there's that stuff to do, the, the mindset and the stories that we tell ourselves where we can really set ourselves up for all sorts of problems that aren't even there necessarily. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I'd like anyway, to start hey, hearing about, um, you know, um, John, with your, your story with your grand, grandfather dying of dementia and mm-hmm. uh, you, you making it your mission not to end up like that. Um, right. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of people we work with and talk to, and a lot of our listeners have been through physical trauma. Um, right. And you know, the work. Actually, one quick question: This movie Concussion. I haven't heard of it. Which what movie is that about? Obviously, about uh, that concussion. was the one, the one. It was with uh, Will Smith back in 2015. Okay. And uh, it was about Dr. Malu was, I believe, from Nigeria and came in and discovered a whole different type of brain trauma in, in uh, professional athletes. And um, it was just a really sad story because it was about a guy that played for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, an offensive lineman that was really, really good and played for years. And then after he retired, just a, not very long after that, uh, some of his friends found out that he was living out of his car. He couldn't think straight. He would pull his teeth out with pliers and stick mm. them back in with oh my God. super glue. And the only way he could sleep because of the pain would be to um, taser himself to sleep at night. So, I mean, it was, <sighs> it was awful. And I did a talk to um, a Kiwanis Club group several months ago, and it was so crazy because one of the guys in that group actually played with that guy uh, at, the, at the Steelers. So it was just really amazing to how small the, the football world is and how you can run into people like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a very scary story and it's gotten people, I mean, the NFL kind of kind of brushed it under the rug and didn't, and didn't really acknowledge it and didn't really want to admit that anything is wrong. And, uh, then, then it started to cause a panic. And I know I've talked to friends out in, in middle America and Tennessee and whatnot that say that a lot of uh, families are pulling their kids out of football because they're afraid they're going to get messed up like that. Mm. And that's another, that's another downside is I feel like, you know, it's yes, the concussions are bad. Yes, there's a risk, but you also have to realize it's not just football. It's every single contact sport out there and even basketball, baseball, lacrosse, all these different mm. sports. But if we can find a way to add a little more protection for the athletes, I think that the lessons that they learn being a part of a team and realizing that, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice for the better betterment of the team and that kind of stuff. I think that's going to help them be better citizens later after they're done yeah. with school and, and things like that. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, and it trying, is all, I'm trying like, to help balance that. It absolutely is all sports. I, mean, I do a lot of basketball coaching and we get kids – getting hit on the head a lot and falling on the ground hitting their head yep. and a lot of them are like yeah or, and you even see a lot of coaches oh you'll be all right get up and keep going um yeah what is it so what i mean obviously this has been your journey and with specifically i suppose with um you know the the head injuries within sport and 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 working with that so what is it that you're you're actually finding out here that we can sort of you know to share with listeners you know what what your research is doing with the work you're doing and Obviously, there's some tie there. There's some connection there with dementia that you're looking at as well. Right. Well, dementia is just kind of a generic term for all these cognitive dysfunctions like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Those are all kind of under the the umbrella of dementia. And um, what I thought, you know, when I was playing, you know, I was just like you. I thought, oh, you know, you get your bell rung when you're out there. You just kind of shake it off and wait a couple plays and then go back in there and, you know, finish it up. But 
met what I found out that whenever you have head trauma, it's not just an inflammation in the brain that you have to worry about. There's a whole neurometabolic cascade of events that happens at the, at the level of the neuron itself that throws everything off. And they've actually done recent studies, multiple, multiple studies that, that connect the specific symptoms that people get after a concussion with these different changes that have happened at, at that microscopic level. And so what happens is it, it's really hard because I try not to get too technical, but <laughs> But if you can remember back into into um, basic biology, when you have the action potential, the nerve impulse going down the nerve, and it jumps um, from from different um, point to point. Yep. When there's uh, there's a little synapse, a little gap between the nerve, the neuron, the dendrite of one neuron, and the and the axon of the next neuron, or the or the cell body, the soma of the other neuron. But what happens with a concussion? There's a massive non-specific depolarization of those action potentials and that causes a release of excitatory neurotransmitters such as uh, glutamate is an example of that those bind to the next nerve cell body that causes a massive outflowing of potassium from the cell and so then with the potassium you have the sodium potassium pump that causes it uses up energy or ATP the whole Krebs cycle back back in the day as well uses up energy for that to get the potassium back into the cell. And so that causes a major um, energy crisis because there's not enough energy. And when you have those excitatory amino acids binding to the soma, then it pulls more calcium into the cell. That calcium ends up getting pulled into the mitochondria, which are the power plants of the cell. And when the calcium is built up in the mitochondria, they can't make any more energy or ATP. And so what happens is you switch from the um, oxidative uh, aerobic respiration to the anaerobic respiration, which which goes from having 38 ATP to only two. So people, one thing I thought was fascinating is that you need to increase your caloric intake, which is basically just energy for the body, by 40% after having a concussion to make up for that energy deficit. I, I mean, I couldn't believe that. And then the buildup of the calcium also leads to a breakdown of, of the uh, cytoskeleton of the different fibers going out, the axons. And so then that also leads to enzymes called calpain gets activated and causes a, a lot of um, apoptosis, which is cell death. So it, there's all these different things going on at that cellular level when I thought, like I said, it was just a bruised brain or something and then that's the problem. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's insane because the, the, the ionic flux that I was talking about with the calcium, that, that's associated with migraines, the sensitivity to light, the sensitivity to sound, that energy crisis causes you to be more vulnerable to a second concussion. That's why now you're never supposed to go back in, in, into play the same day you have a head injury of any sort. And then you have impaired cognition based on the physical stretch of those axons. You can tear them just from the stretch. Because it's just kind of like uh, it's the brain is sixty percent or 75% water and can be up to 60% fat. And so it's just kind of sloshing around in there in that yep. cerebral spinal fluid in the skull. And, and that can just cause a lot of physical damage as well. So it's just it's a amazing, super complicated array of events that can happen. So I started looking for, okay, if one of the problems is a decrease in blood flow, what different supplements or foods can we eat that'll increase the blood flow to help make up for that? And then is there any way to help strengthen those cell membranes to make the, the brain a little more resistant to concussion 
and, and things like that. So that was my mission. And I, uh, I definitely am not naive enough to think that I have, have discovered the magic pill, but I definitely think that I've discovered some things that can help with it. And I'm, I'm always researching and, and I'm on an ongoing, uh, mission to find out, you know, better, bigger and better things to, to really help yep. people with concussions and to help, you know, ease parents' minds that their kids aren't going to have to worry so much. Yep. Yeah. And you, you, um, I mean, talking about the whole nutritional aspect in, uh, some of my research to do with, uh, depression as a case in point, uh, one of the things that I'd encountered is a study where they had all these volunteers who suffered from depression and they were giving them a certain amount of aspartame. Uh-huh. And according to this particular study, they terminated the study early because the effects on these people was so profound and detrimental that their symptoms of depression became dramatically worse. And, and it was so bad that they, they killed the study. I remember reading about it. Uh-huh. And so from the, and I know it's not to do directly with what you're speaking of, but it's a, it is an example of the whole thing to do with nutrition and mm-hmm. how that, that can affect us. And the other thing, what you were talking about to do with um, the inflammation, mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been learning about directly has to do with our diet. Mm-hmm. And our diet, uh, can like according to some researchers, that a lot of the reasons that people wind up with depression has to do with something called brain inflammation. How true that is, I don't really know. But I have learned a lot about diet and how it does trigger inflammation. And if one is dealing with inflammation, it creates a whole host of problems. And whether that will tie into what you're speaking of, I don't know. But I just thought I'd mention it. Absolutely, because inflammation is always a problem. It's It's kind of ironic because you know i am a, a chiropractor in, in huntington beach and one of the things that we have we have patients come in all the time that that have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia chronic fatigue things like that and mm-hmm. if you if you look at their x before we even look at their x-rays we can already tell them well we there's a 99 percent chance you're going to have a misalignment of the spine in the upper lumbar region because those nerves that come off the spine go to the adrenal glands that causes you to have systemic pain if the pressure on those nerves is affecting that. And and I'm telling you, almost 100% of the time, they have that misalignment. And once we correct that part of the spine, that's a huge part, plus the nutritional aspects, but that's a huge part of helping them with their, their systemic pain. And, and they're just amazed. And everybody's always saying, why, aren't, why doesn't everybody know this? And it's just because the, the medical industry is not receptive to any kind of non-medical approach to to healing we have encountered the same thing many (laughs) many many times yeah hamish is is laughing but the truth is uh our whole journey with this started to do with ptsd Uh and we were in many groups on facebook and and to to put it mildly we were viciously attacked in many different groups for even suggesting that you could relieve uh, symptoms of ptsd well, the the um, prevailing wisdom is that once you've got it, you're stuck with it for life. Right. And and we would run into enormous amounts of opposition and resistance. So we're yeah. very much aware of what you, what you're saying. And right. and and the other question that these people have been asking you is like, why doesn't everybody know this? Because right. of this. And it's like it's almost like there's a clamp, if you will. 
uh-huh. on the on the release of that information. So by doing this show, hopefully we'll be able to remedy some of that. And as it becomes more popular and people tune in more and more, they'll get this access to this kind of information. I hope Again, so. Yeah. So getting back to this whole thing to do with the the brain, what are some of the things that you've discovered that can help people who have had brain injury? What do you do? What you do, the best thing to do is, or one of the good things to do is you need to be able to track your progress and everybody heals at a different rate because everybody's an individual. I know everybody in the medical world likes to say, oh, the standard 120 over 80 is your blood pressure and everybody should have that. Well, that's not necessarily the case because everybody's different and it's the same with concussions. So if you have light sensitivity, if you have sensitivity to sound, then you obviously need to stay out of the bright areas, stay out of the loud areas. We had a patient come in the other day that was wearing sunglasses and earplugs and she just couldn't handle any kind of sound stimulation at all because of the that she was in a car accident, had whiplash really badly in a concussion. And so patience is one of the most important things to the healing process because if you're in a group and everybody's had a brain injury of some sort, some people are going to heal slower than others and the ones that are healing slower need to be patient and the ones that are healing faster need to be supportive of them and just be like, okay, I know, you know, you're going to do it. You're going to be fine. Just focus on you know what you need to do. Um, one of the main things that I've found, and it sounds really, really simple, but drinking enough water is mm. so important because like I said before, 75% of the brain is made of water. And if you're not drinking enough water, it yeah. has a devastating effect. It's just, we're so, uh, we take it so for granted when we just flip a faucet on and there's water there you can drink. And it's just so important to drink at least half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. And we tell people this, and a lot of times, or not a lot of times, but occasionally we have people say, well, doesn't that um, dehydrate and, and lessen the concentration of the electrolytes, and so you don't, you get cramps and things like that? It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, no, that's, not, that's not, not true. It's not how it works. It's a good idea. I'm not telling you to drink three gallons a day. I'm just saying half your body weight in ounces. That's more than a lot of people drink, because people say... For me, for example, they used to say, oh, eight 12-ounce glasses of water is what everybody should drink. I'm like, well, that makes no sense because if you weigh 300 pounds, eight eight 12-ounce glasses is not near enough for you to have to hydrate all that weight. So you need to have at least half your body weight in ounces of water. You need to make sure that you're taking these omega-3 fatty acids, the EPA and the DHA, because Mm -hmm. these are vital because – as I said as well, 60%, up to 60% of the brain is made of fat. And so if you supply the building block that they need to help strengthen those cell membranes and make them healthy, then that's going to actually help to protect the brain to a certain extent yep. than, than if you don't have the, those healthy fats. And they've had studies that um, have been out there with people that were in the hospital that were technically brain dead. They gave them mega doses of omega-3 fatty acids, the EPA and DHA, and they were actually able to get some of that brain function back. So they know, I mean, we're talking 12,000, 20,000 milligrams, um, huge, huge doses, but it shows that it actually works. And so there, people just need to be aware of that. And they say, oh, you know, I'll just, I just get it out of my fish. Like, you're not going to get near enough omega-3s out of your fish. You have to supplement that. Yep. And you don't want to do the shark. You don't want to eat swordfish and things like that because of the mercury and the the 
the nuclear stuff from Fukushima is in the oceans now. And so the fit, the bigger fish are really just full of mercury. You also don't want to eat any of the uh, farm raised salmon because of the toxins that they have in them. Yep. So wild salmon, the smaller fish like the anchovies, the mackerel, mackerel, the sardines, things like that are really, really important to be part of the diet, but you just need to supplement that as well. And then one of the interesting things I found, um, was some of these different herbs that used to be really popular back in the eighties, but then they kind of just went out of favor. Like they're, they're called nootropic herbs. So basically, you know, some of these people that have supplements out there call them like the miracle pill, like, or the limitless pill, like the movie limitless with Bradley Cooper. Uh, I was you just can having a chat with a friend of mine about that last night. Exactly. Dude. So, <laughs> so it, it's just crazy. Cause it's like, Oh, you can access hundred percent of your brain. It's like, okay, well, we're trying to make sure the brain is healed, and that's one of the main things that these herbs do is increases the circulation. So as I said before, that's what addresses that decrease in circulation to the brain. So we've got the ginkgo biloba, which is great for that. There's something called vampostatine, perazine, and also St. John's wort, which is something that they used to use back in the day for depression and things like that. That's another one that's really good. But the funny thing is, is people get all scared about the St. John's Wort because, oh, it might interact with your other meds. It's like, well, then why the heck are you taking those other meds? <laughs> it's like, don't it's like don't take the toxic drugs that are going to give you all these horrible side effects. Take these natural herbs that are actually going to give you the same effect without all that stuff. Mm. So that's the thing that gets frustrating for me. But it's got all that stuff. And then I also discovered, and then I'll stop stop my rant, but I also discovered that there's something called phosphatidylserine, which is a phospholipid that, you know, everybody talks about the, the cell and how it's got the phospholipid bilayer that allows stuff to go through it and all this kind of stuff. Well, this is an actual phospholipid that the FDA has approved the statement that it actually has clinically been shown to improve cognitive function in people with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and other co cognitive dysfunctions. So I'm just like, holy mackerel, how is that possible? that the FDA has approved that statement, but they haven't approved that specific particular substance as if they approve the statement, but not saying they're not going to say, Oh, that substance is good. You can use that substance and we'll approve it for FDA use. It's weird because it's not something they can patent. So then they're like, well, I can't make any money from that. So we'll just yep. approve the statement. We're not going to say that is going to you know do this. It's just, it's frustrating. So it is Those very, things, yeah, right? it, it totally yeah. frustrating. My, my partner's a, uh, naturopath and homeopath and i know she's going to be very interested in this interview and certainly know exactly what you're talking about with the herbs and the and mm -hmm. you know at, like you're saying with the fish and everything and one that was coming to me was the krill um mm -hmm. is fantastic mm, but uh, you know those sorts of supplements and i'm you know very aware of them and yeah she's going to be very interested in this i was just going to ask a question with okay with a lot of the patients that come to you um what what is the the sort of thinking and the mindset that they're in and what sort of like have, have some of them come to you from that sort of medical uh they've been through that journey and uh people that might have just created this thinking that i'll always have this and i'm my brain's damaged and i've been told that and i'm just going to have to live with this and that's it where you can see that you can make changes with the stuff the, the stuff that you're doing and the, and the herbs oh, yeah. and nutrition and that yep how what sort of barriers do you sort of hit with patients with their thinking around this happens all the time and unfortunately a lot of times in our in our practice people come to us and say oh i've been everywhere else and this is the way I, even they've even said they've been to 20 other chiropractors <laughs> you know why are we different and we're just like well 
but let's let's show you what we do. Here's what we do, and if it's and if you like it, then this is for you. And if it's not, well, then you know maybe the time's not right for you. But it's a lot of it's really ironic because you know as you guys know with the NLP, it's all about if the person is ready to hear the answer yes. or not. And Absolutely if you're not true, if you're yes. not if you're not willing to accept it, then then you're you're just wasting your time, and you just need to be like, okay, let me here here's here's how it works. If you like it, there you go. If you don't like it, then then God bless you. That's and yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, that's basically that's basically it. Yeah. And we had the, that one patient that came in uh, that had the the concussion from the car accident. This was so frustrating. She was in Hawaii had the car accident, was having all these horrible symptoms like I described. She goes to the one neurologist on the island that she lives on, and he said, well, you didn't get knocked unconscious, so you didn't have a concussion. Wow. And, I mean, that's that's like 1800s mentality right there. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that is frightening. And, yeah. and yeah. so, I, you know, I just was like, no, 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 that's not the case. And she's like, am I ever going to get better? I'm like, well, of course you are. And I mean, now she doesn't wear any earplugs or have the sunglasses or anything. She does get a little sound phobic from time to time. And she really panics when that happens. And you just have to tell her it's, it's, it's an ongoing process. You're not going to go as human beings. If you go into the gym, you're not going to get stronger every single day for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be plateaus and things like that. And it's the same when you're healing from, from any kind of trauma. So you just need to go into it knowing that and don't panic when you might feel have a bad day and not feel good. That's yeah. just kind of yeah. part of the process and just keep, you know, keep persistent and consistent and doing the, you know, fighting the good fight and you're going to get to where you want to get. And I, I must say, yeah. Yeah, like I said, with the NLP, you know, a lot, a lot of the um, clients that I work with have had PTSD or depression, or whatever, for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, haven't they, Nathan? Well, they did. Um, yeah, they have, and, for you sure. know, to... Come, like Nathan, for example, you know, after 40, 40 plus years of living with it and being through so many uh, different modalities and professional uh, medication and all that sort of stuff, to and not being able to remove it, it was like, well, what can you do? It's what's his NLP, and it was, I think what five sessions was it, Nathan, and you know, pretty That's much gone. Enough. But but equally, like you said, John, it's it's keeping that it's building those habits and it's creating that muscle in that thinking like Nathan's still going every day and, and going through different journeys, but the PTSD has essentially gone. Um, right. but it, you know, we're being told that you're going to be, you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. Well, sorry, it's not true. Um, right. And that's what I, that's one of the things that's so frustrating to me is because you were talking about people that, that, you know, the doctors give them a specific diagnosis and they're just like, Oh my gosh. And some of these, people that come into our office, they own that diagnosis so yes. much that, that they don't, they get mad if you try to tell them that <laughs> you can help them with that. And it's just like, what, sure. why do you, why do you, why are you identifying your whole existence on this disease or this condition? Don't do yes. that. It, it happens. It's so rampant that it's just, I mean, we have seen it so many times. The victim mm. identity, uh, yep. it's just, it's all pervasive. There, there are, there are other reasons, I think, for this, which is not necessarily the topic of where we are today, but part of what is happening stems from an ideology that was created way back in the early 1900s. And I'm pretty positive that that ideology, that way of thinking, has really made its way into our culture and has caused a tremendous amount of damage because mm -hmm. the victim identity is one of the major um, 
results, if you will, of of that whole way of thinking. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's really obvious we could keep going in a whole bunch of different directions with this, and we have covered a lot of ground, and that's great. But what I would like to to ask you at this point is if there's anything that's been that you've been thinking about during the time that we've been talking, something that really important that you'd like to share with our listeners. I have a couple of things actually that I would love to share. Um, one of the latest things is I've partnered up with a group called Beyond Concussion Support Group down in San Diego. And we are having a big fundraiser right now, and we are having a big um, gala down in San Diego, September 22nd of next year. So it's 2018, and Junior Seau's sister is going to be a part of it, and some other um, NFL people that have been a, have experienced concussions are going to be a part of it. Um, you can go to youcaring.com/slash Beyond Concussion Gala. And that will uh, give you all the information, some videos about uh, how what it's for and things like that. I also uh, want to get the information out there that we need on how to assess concussions, different nutritional aspects, and some of those brain booster games I was talking about earlier. Uh, that's at concussionclass.com. That, show, that is every single hour on the hour. You can post your questions in there. And if I don't answer them during the webinar, I'll answer you via email. Um, if you want more information about the supplement line that I'm working on, it's called mybrainmed.com is the website for that. And I'm also offering my book for free right now. You just have to pay a little shipping and handling money. That's at freeconcussionbook.com. And um, that's just that's so many dot-coms, I can't even – it's a lot of dot-coms. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, a lot of dot-coms, yeah. But, but okay. the important thing is, is like you say uh, – it's really getting the information out there, yeah. and so giving giving you the opportunity to talk about it with us, and also as the the popularity of the show builds, uh, giving our our audience the the opportunity to find this, to listen to it, and to get that information so they can act on it. Mm. Absolutely. I just just one so, quick thing that that uh, John did mention at the very beginning. Um, uh, I'd just like to sort of cl- wrap up with it a little bit, is that we're not here to bash the medical profession. Uh, like you said, John, they're, they're doing the best with the tools that they've got and you know, exactly. they're, they, they're seeing things the way they, they see it. And equally, we are too. Um, so, right. you know, they're on their journey as much as we are to, you know, doing, this, doing the best that they can. So. Right. I just wish we could be a little more supportive of each other. Yeah, that's and, okay. and that's what we're hoping, you know, <laughs> that we can do with this is... is that collaborative thing and bringing people together and and right. different ideas, different things to look at and being open to it. Yep. Yeah. Eventually, I think it will all come together. We'll be able to bridge the gap. However long it will take, that's another story. We don't know that. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to thank you for being with us today, John. It's yeah. really a pleasure having you. Uh, really interesting listening to what you have to say so much of it i have to admit was totally over my head (laughs) it it was i mean you know i'm i'm not into the kind of things that you've you've talked about but the purpose of this show is to bring people together and to bring all sorts of information to the show so that Mm. those who are listening those who are looking for solutions to different things to do with the mind their thinking trauma all these sorts of things will find different opportunities here that they may not find somewhere else. Yeah. 
And at least to have, you know, having this in a recording that people can keep listening to, there was that journey of what you were talking about with what the process of what happens with a concussion in the brain. I'll, I'll be listening to that again, right. really, getting a, really getting a grasp on that. But you came out at the end with a simple wrap-up of it. Um, but just getting right. that understanding is like, oh, yeah. Over my well, head a bit too, but I'll be re-listening to it so I do get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, it would take a few listenings for me to uh, still... It, it's not necessarily important that I get it. It's more important that our audience gets it. Absolutely. Right. And that's what we're here for. So we're here to serve. So exactly. anyway, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for taking the Thanks, time John. to be with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So at this point, we're going to sign off. This is Nathan Siegel, my colleague Hamish Baston here. And we are the Thought Hackers. Thanks for being with us today. You've been listening to The Thought Hackers. Make sure you subscribe and get each new episode emailed straight to you so you don't miss a show. And have a look at our resources page where you will find programs, audios and books that will create change in your thoughts.